Good afternoon and welcome to this week's edition of Navara, brought to you by Navara Media and broadcast live on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm James Butler and I'm joined in the studio this week by Emma Dowling, who is Senior Lecturer in Sociology at the University of Middlesex, where she works on affect theory, social reproduction, political economy and many other things besides. Some of you were probably expecting to hear Bifo on the show this week and unfortunately, and for various reasons, that was impossible and Emma has stepped in to save us. So thank you very much, Emma, and welcome to the show. Thanks very um, much. We will, I think, try to hang our discussion around Bifo's book, uh, which is called Heroes, Mass Murder and Suicide, uh, which is part of Verso's Futures series, but also, uh, I think, perhaps try to move beyond it because the questions it poses about the relationship between capitalism and mental health aren't exhausted in any sense by Bifo's work. Uh, and perhaps you can try to think about the links between the current configuration of capitalism and the emotional and interior lives of workers. You can join in that discussion on the hashtag NovaraFM. And I want to say at the top of the show to anyone listening that the themes of a show like today can be difficult and unexpectedly intense listening. And if you're feeling despairing today or find yourself unable to deal with things and need to talk to someone, please do call the Samaritans on 08457 909090. That's 08457 I want also to start with a little shout out to some people doing excellent work against despair and destruction, bringing educational books into prisons, haven distribution. And that kind of work is very much needed. And I would encourage anyone listening to donate to them. Or if you work in publishing, maybe think about ways to set up a regular partnership with them. Books in prison are real lifelines. Uh, in ways that are difficult for people to understand, they do a little to break down the walls of the prison and help people survive it. Uh, in a letter from a friend who was in prison not long ago, he said to me that in prison a book can be like a brick taken out of its wall. So go and donate to them if you can. Uh, so um, maybe we can start then with, with why. Um, why, do you th why. Why is it that, that, that we think uh, uh, suicide or, or these, the, the, the studies in, in, in Bifo's book, which are of very specific mass murders in particular, the, the, the murders in, are explored in, in certainly more personal and specific detail than, than the suicides. And what, what makes these thematics for analysis and, and what can we read in them? Thanks very much, James, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's really uh, a pleasure to, to be here. Um, what can we make of it? I'd say that, first of all, what, what's interesting to me about, about Bifo's book is the way in which he shifts our attention away from perhaps some of the um, more conventional ways in which we read politics through um, certain ideological lenses or through certain lenses of, of representation, like what, what do we try to understand, what, what do particular actions mean within our, um, our understandings of politics, left, right, geopolitical configurations. And what, what Bifo is, is doing in this book is he's joining also others in shifting our attention towards the way in which um, we feel and the way in which uh, that feeling is not something that we hold only as individuals, but that feeling is something that arises out of particular social context and it, and is about how we relate to one another how we are in relation to one another and so what he's doing in this book by looking on the one hand what uh, what he calls um, the metaphorical density 
of um, instances of of mass murder that that he looks at um, and the the examples that that he looks at, um, but also different um, types of, of of suicide and and he's looking in particular at that not from um, as instances like I said already of of, of individual vulnerability although of course it expresses itself as an individual vulnerability but how we can read those in a in a social context so what um, what he's offering us is an analysis of of, of the psychopathologies of, of our present of um, and raising the question of what is going on mm. um, that the, the the people are feeling these 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 what he reads as senses of of of, of, of anxiety loneliness frustration despair and um, these sort of uh, negative affects that that are possibly propelling these these actions so this is a uh, i mean partly of course the 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 i suppose the danger of of books like these is is to not take something like that far enough to not attend to the specifics right um which i i think is a danger that that is avoided in the book fortunately um and and when i'm thinking about specifics it's you know the two things one is uh, the question of you know the ethics of talking about these things, which is, you know, there's there's a, a a generalized sort of social taboo about speaking about these things unless you're expert. So there's a domain of social life, um, which is uh, uh, walled off, uh, partly because of you know certain kinds of uh, uh, partly received wisdom and partly sort of uh, I think demonstrable fact about contagion, for instance, uh, and and this is I think you know and we I suppose that raises the question of how. Um, in particular, the mass murderers. Uh, how 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 uh, how things are replicated, right? And 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 the links between these these different kinds um, of killings. Uh, I, I, and what I guess I, I want to push is a sense that. Uh, you can run into conflict with a purely medical reading of these things, right? So they're, they're simply pathological, and therefore any attempt to to understand them is is to is to detract from something from a way of fixing them. Um, so, so I suppose you know, if, if perhaps we can can say, how is it that it comes to be that that there are these areas of social life which are, are walled off purely into into the pathological, uh, and what is it that that we can uh, that we can take out of them in that in that way. That's a that's a very good question. I think that um, there's something going on there that we have to that we have to untangle around the way in which um, certain um, actions, certain behaviours, certain um, uh, ways that people live, certain things that people say, certain things that people do, the way that that is pathologised as something that the individual does um, that is different from what everybody else does. So we're talking there about the normal and the abnormal. Right? And so, um, but of course, at the same time, um, th th there's something interesting that happens that if we say one thing is abnormal and therefore it's opposite or something that's different to that is, is normal, um, does that mean that then that, that thing that's abnormal um, is then ostracized? It becomes that that we can't actually think in more general terms because we can't relate to it because it's not something that concerns all of us other people who, who are normal. So there's a way in which it gets siphoned off into something that has to be um, dealt with separately, it has to be exterminated, it has to be extinguished, it has to be um, medicalized. Mm -hmm. and, and, but it means that, that in a way 
the the space is not is not sufficiently opened up for us to talk about how perhaps some of the some of the feelings um, are more common, mm-hmm. and and can we can we not talk about how how we feel with one another? Whether that is we we feel frustrated, we feel despairing. Um, perhaps th- these 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 actions um, are not something that everybody does. Um, certainly not. These are exceptional phenomena. Maybe there is a way in which there's a, there's a resonance around around the feelings that, that people have that we that we should talk about more more generally. Mm. It's, it strikes me that there's a sort of history of not necessarily attending well to this stuff within sort of um, political or, or indeed sort of academic work. I mean, I think here of the sort of like the, the really odd work done by Durkheim where, you know, he's sort of, you know, uh, suicide happens for one of two reasons. It's over-attachment or under-attachment, basically. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I was reading not too long ago uh, a little volume which, um, which uh, republished a recension done by Marx in, in 1846 of uh, work by Jacques Pouchet, um, who's a sort of French... Uh, 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 sort of report, really, sort of uh, drawing from from police files, but but sort of looking at the the very uh, particular stories involved in in cases of suicide in in France and Marx draws um, and two things from it really. I mean, he's reading it deliberately to to try and I think find. Uh, to, to to understand how alienation works in its 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 worst instances, so not just in terms of a formal relation to commodities, but but generalised throughout social life. Uh, and the other thing that is really really striking is Marx attending specifically to women uh, in in this text and 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 saying you know and you know that the numbers he has in front of him indicate that it's it's a it, you know suicide in particular uh, affects women be- precisely because of of the way that women's lives were lived in the period that that they were uh, either in sort of extraordinarily um, a body-destroying work that was then replicated at home, um, or, or they had no access, sort of outside of the home at all. Um, you know, and this is a, a different kind of alienation in terms of you know, the class of of the woman being talked about. And having this on my mind and, and reading Bifo's book, and where actually the, most of the, the cases discussed are men, uh, particularly, I mean, the mass murderers, I think, entirely in, in, in the book are, are men. Um, and uh, this comes out at, at the same time that the RNS has just released its latest sort of statistical update on, on, on suicides. Um, and, you know, it, there's certainly a case of sort of uneven distribution. They are on the rise again after the financial crisis. Um, the overwhelming number uh, of, of completed suicides are, are, are male, but, but the, 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 the proportion swings the other way when, when we talk about uh, incomplete or attempted. Um, so so I, I wonder if we could talk a little bit about how, how gender works in, in, in this specific sort of uh, uh, trajectory. Hmm. Yes. I mean, I think that 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 issue of of gender and uh, and its absence also in in the book is uh, is certainly something that that uh, needs needs attention. I, I have when I was reading the book, I, I was immediately 
immediately struck in the in the beginning of the book and already in the introduction actually Bifo um, where he raises this point where he talks he's not talking about suicide he's talking about mass murder and 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 these instances of, of um, school shootings and, and 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 various others and and he actually puts in a parenthesis why why are why are these not women yeah why why no women and that's sort of the only real reference to 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 gender that that, that comes up in the book um, um, and the discussions on um, on suicide are not not really had in in gender terms but of course the the issue is is there and uh, one thing that that strikes me about it is perhaps um, the the direction of aggression perhaps in a way the sort of you know the 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 aggression outward is is perhaps um, masculinized in in a way, and the aggression inward is is perhaps a more feminized um, uh, form of, of aggression. And by that, I don't mean in essentialized terms, obviously, um, but in in the way in which the gender relations play themselves out. That 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 perhaps there is something about the 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 intolerability of the self um, that that is that is gendered and that is feminized. Right? Um, and so I think this sort of um, I mean, for, for Bifo, this this question of um, or the reading of suicide that he has is also one of no way out. Mm. Um, the sort of being trapped in that actually the stifling of self-expression as uh, as something that that poses a, a trap of not being able to 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 realize oneself and one's one's desires and one, one's relationships is something that turns inward. Um, as a as a negation of, of of self and the intolerability of that, so I think there is something gendered there that um, that we need to pay attention to. But there is also perhaps um, something that, that that's going on in the book, in 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 particular, that has to do with um, Bifa drawing attention to a crisis of masculinity mm-hmm. um, uh, as well, go, going on that he doesn't name as such, but he certainly is posing posing the question. Mm-hmm. So is 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 the useful thing to do here to use these you know, heightened or extreme cases in a way that's not walled off, but actually allows us to read back into sort of th- those moments in, in our everyday lives? You know, something. So, so what is it that we can extract from them? Mm. Um, because, I mean, the, 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 you know, in a sense, I find uh, it's a, probably my major difference from Bifo is, is, is the often, it's not quite fatalistic, um, but but it certainly sees very limited opportunities um, for for change or resistance, um, or, or, or that resistance is is always merely a matter uh, of simply uh, uh, avoiding the very worst. Um, so 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 I, I guess and and, and you know, I want to to move out beyond sort of just thinking purely about. Uh, uh, these kind of deaths or these kinds of of killings, uh, you know, but 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 it does strike me that that if there is something to be drawn from them, then that, then we need to be quite precise that it's not simply uh, 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 a resignation <laughs> or, or a kind of fatalism. Mm, absolutely, and I think that I mean this is. To my mind, this is precisely the point. This is not a study of these particular individuals, mm. and that's very, very clear in the book. And certainly, neither, I, you know, I don't want to speak for people, but <laughs> I can speak for myself. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, and here we go with the with the uh, justifications <laughs> and the. Uh, um, I'm no expert, and uh, and I'm not a psychologist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I mean, we say that to to obviously. Um, <laughs> 
com- comply with um, this idea that it is an, uh, something that that is individualized and that. But but this is precisely Bifo's point. It's not about those individuals. His book is not a study of those people. It is um, trying to convey or appeal to a sense of empathy in us but it is also I think um, an appeal whether intended or not for us to think about our own feelings and and to think about our own lives and to think um, about the moments in which we perhaps even though we are not these individuals and we can't for certain say what is happening in their minds experiencing the sorts of emotions and the sorts of affective um, relations that that that, m- that motivate these actions and that that to me is what the book is about and it, and that's why also what what Bifo is doing in the book is providing an, an explanation um, for perhaps how um, these feelings of despair are arising in the contemporary context of what he calls absolute capitalism, financial capitalism or semio-capitalism. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is, a, I guess, a good, good point to, to talk about suicide, in particular in relation to, to austerity. And these are, these are these kind of stories that, that make sort of front-page news every so often. Um, uh, it's reasonable to think that um, you know there are, there are many more that are not sort of uh, that, that that are not left with 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 the sort of supplement with the residue that allows them to be read in this way um so so they happen in the uk there's a, a quite uh, a prominent um uh, story recently of, of malcolm berg who was a, a a uh, cemetery gardener uh, working in in Newham, uh, and you know the the, the behaviour of Newham Council is this completely this interaction with this completely um, immovable bureaucracy. It was just you know cutting, finely slicing benefits down to the point that 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 uh, subsistence was no longer possible. And, um, you know, and I mean, some of the reporting was um, somewhat. Uh, lurid, but but you know, I, I think we have had these these cases where we can say these people have been in essence killed by the state. Um, we have similar things across Europe. Um, most obviously, there's um, a, a case that sort of circulated around around the world a couple of years ago of, of uh, a suicide of a pensioner in Syntagma Square in Athens. Uh, and then there are the many more, of course, in in prisons and detention centres as a means of exit, sort of final means of exit and I think about these things I find it hard to extract from them a kind of coherence or meaning it's very difficult Um, I find it hard to fit them into a political in in the traditional sense framework Um, but but they're obviously intended to be read and to be understood you know you know very often you know there are are clear you know in particular in in Syntagma Square you have this thing operating in in what is a, a a tradition of political signs, right? It's in a political location. It is intended to be read as a kind of absolute political gesture. And I guess the, the thing that strikes me, you know, or, or the link I, I make the most is between sort of, uh, you know, the ancient world of Greek tragedy where you have, um, you know, a, a suicide, which is a, a means of mobilizing a kind of, system of social shame and in particular actually calling for revenge um 
you know, uh, you know, this debt and obligation, and and, and you know, yes, in particular, revenge. Uh, you know, I, you have here, I guess, Antigone being the the, the 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 most clear claim where you have someone in conflict with 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 power, with uh, rulership, uh, and who is walled up, right, with, with a little bread and water, I think, um, and left um, either for the interaction of, for, for the gods to save her or to sort of uh, starve. And, and, and what she does is undertake an act of refusal. And she, she sort of, um, she, she, she hangs herself in, in, you know, in, in, in the chamber um, to wrest control from both sort of gods and rulers. Um, and, and refuse being 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 to refuse the kind of slow death in that way. Now, I don't think that's a political project that I want to 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 to, to insist on, but it, it gives me a way of reading and understanding this stuff. You know, with, with the, the, that final resting of control and the, the 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 insistence on, for one moment, being able to write, um, you know, your, your, the story in your own way. Um, it's an act of desperation, but but. But I guess I guess the question to ask is is exactly what kind of political project can arise from from the, these things, uh, and in response to these things um, that that can be adequate to it, and um, which isn't just an act of kind of common ruin, right? So so the problem of revenge is of course always that that it's the common ruin of of, of the two contending forces, um, that, that that to simply set out to to liquidate. Um, you know the, the the ruling class means that you're sort of um, waist deep in in blood, but uh, you haven't actually changed the world. So 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 what? And this is, I guess, also a way of out of sort of bleakness and hopefully into something <laughs> a little bit brighter. Is what can arise in response to these things that that is adequate to them? Well, I think two things. First of all, I think that. Um when we when when we when we think about these 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 feelings of um, of of despair or of no way out or um, of of feeling trapped of of not knowing where where to turn to if you can turn and and what will happen if you turn or you just or the paralysis of of of, of that moment then then the issue becomes. Sure, right. You can you can claim a moment of autonomy and in which you in which you decide not to allow that situation to um, to prolong through ending life. But 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 that's not you know that's that's not where we want to uh, where we where we want to to end. Perhaps that it that is the you know Vifa talks about nihilism in in the book in very interesting ways. You know the sort of annihilating nihilism. But 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 actually to to recognise the exhaustion of possibility in the particular way of that you have lived your life as an individual, but as we have collectively lived our lives. And if we, we recognize the exhaustion of possibility in, in that moment, then what would it mean to turn together in a different in a different direction? So it's also about shifting the register of the political uh, by, by looking to one another, right? Being there for one another and 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 figuring out together how to how to move forward and <clears throat> I don't think that that necessarily has to has to be something that that simply 
abrogates the bigger picture or, or is about a sort of micro micro politics among the very few. But, but the, it, it is about shifting the register and it is about understanding that, that, that how we relate to one another, how, not just how we feel, but how we live our lives in common and, and what that might look like is, is a profoundly political question. Mm-hmm. So, so it's about shifting, right? It's in, in the face of exhaustion, shifting um, towards something that, that becomes possible. Mm-hmm. So you, you have this sort of uh, situation where we face a kind of capitalism that, uh, that in its current configuration um, puts to work or, or wants to involve um, I mean the soul is the easiest way to say it of course and this is, be for soul at work but you know by which you know we mean you know emotional work um, but also just the very way in which we conceive of you know, the purposes of our lives, um, the very fact of communication, the way in which we conceive of um, ourselves, particularly in relation to other people, right? And this is, this is not the thing that is said the most about, about this kind of thinking, but, but surely, to me, its, it's strongest argument is, is, is that because you think in individual terms, this is precisely, it precisely means that you also think that other people think in these terms, right? So, so, so you're always in a, a permanent state of competition. And really, I, I guess that's, that's one of the, 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 the things that emerges most clearly in the book, right, is this the poisonous or, or rather toxic uh, uh, weight of competition. Um, so, 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 you know, I find it, you know, I, when I look at this kind of theoretical work, I think you know that there is a legacy here of uh, attempting to draw into the conception of the political that all those things that are excluded from it, right? Uh, and so this is a thing that was happening um, in Italy in, in in the sort of post-war period, in particular with 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 you know the, the rise of uh, autonomia, the, the the sort of dissident Marxism, um, and that has sort of uh, I, I think influence profoundly really the, the way in which you know people approach uh thinking about capitalism today but it, it nonetheless remains true that that of course capitalism has also done the thing which um you know tronti would have predicted of, of saying well actually yes you're right uh, everything is um involved in political life and that's quite useful for us um at, uh, you know as a ruling class for instance or, or in terms of in terms of capital so 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 what do you do when the enemy has the same theoretical basis as you and knows um, that, 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 you know, it's precisely in the non-political um, that the most coercive and most sort of um, seemingly difficult to resist forms of control can, uh, can, can operate. That is a very interesting question, particularly, I think, at a moment in time where um, not only, and certainly in the face of, of, of the crisis and the, the search for new drivers of, of, of economic growth. Like we're not just seeing um, what the soul at work as, as, as we've, uh, we've been understanding it as the way in which our affects and our emotions and all, all parts of our life become uh, subsumed under, under work and are drawn on um, in, in various ways to, to, to produce value for, for capital. Um, but 
we're also actually seeing now that um, the very forms of organisation that have um, come from progressive social movements, whether that's cooperatives, mutuals, um, uh, forms of, of, of collective solidarity, uh, local community work, that these are also precisely the areas in which, um, in the face of austerity, we're also seeing new business models um, arising, community business models. Um, the, the, uh, the, the UK government being actually one of the, the governments that is uh, frontlining attempts to um, harness uh, the social, uh, as uh, my colleague David Harvey and I have put it, uh, and and so to to me, there's there the, it is precisely there that we can look perhaps to see a kind of fault line emerging, a political fault line in which we have to ask what do these things look like on our terms, in ways that we are not simply providing the source of value for, for capital and, and how do we understand the ways in which actually when capital or finance in this in this sense, which is not a resource, it's a disciplinary device for wealth extraction, how how do these mechanisms actually reshape social relations such that the kind of solidarity or the kind of community that we want and we need cannot actually continue um, and, and, and cannot emerge uh, under, those, under those conditions. So to my mind, what, it's not a sort of absolute, here's my manifesto, here's my checklist. It is a w question of what's emerging in struggle and in the contestation with the ways in which our labor, our creativity, our solidarity, or certainly our potential for solidarity is captured but not just captured, and this is the essential point. It's not just captured, it's also captured and refashioned. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and so it's there that we have to really understand what, what is going on and what emerges on that terrain. It's, it's interesting to me now to read uh, sort of theoretical work on sort of, uh, you know, affective labour and, um, you know, uh, right the way back to Ali Hochschild's The Managed Heart, which is 1983, I think? Is, yeah, 84, I think. Is, yeah. Is, yeah, I mean, which is, the, you know, uh, this gets treated as a, you know, yeah. new thing, but like actually like it has now quite a substantial decades-long history as, you know, as, as a matter of theoretical inquiry, but also as something that is recognisable um, in the workplace in different ways, right? And I think now you've got, you know, I mean, the question of, of I guess, today is the sole unpaid work. Um, so, so that division between paid and unpaid affective labour, um, right? Or the, the way in which um, affect is, ever draw, is drawn ever deeper into sort of standard kinds of work, right? Um, but I guess I want to sort of push at the distinction a bit and say, right, how is it, um, you know, what kind of thing is happening when, um, for instance, you, you, you wrote a paper a while ago um, where you mentioned your experience waitressing at, at, at what seemed like quite a high-end uh, 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 chain of restaurants or whatever. Um, and you had a little instructional manual, a sort of uh, almost sort of Bible about, you know, the, whatever the, the, the CEO's thoughts of, you know, a, a little green book or something. <laughs> um, so, so there is, I guess, you know, that's obviously supposed to traverse both kinds, uh, both periods of life, right? When you're inside and outside of work. So it produces you in this way as a kind of a, a subject who is, uh, you know, uh, is, is somehow uh, in tune with 
the the the, the principles here, um, which are going to be things like you know, presumably be happy and cheery and welcoming and things like this. Um, but it's surely everyone participating in this process knows there's a kind of insincerity and inauthenticity, and that is something that eats away. You know, given that we're doing this all the time for work, that surely it eats away elsewhere as well, right? There's, but there's, there's, there's an interesting contradiction there, I find, if I'm allowed to talk in terms of contradictions. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, at a moment where capital is so interested in those aspects of our personality and our, our, um, our ability to relate to one another in particular ways is that which, which it can harness uh, for the purposes of, of, of valorization um, and, and producing wealth. At the same time, there's a, there's a tension for us there because if faced with these forms of exploitation, all we have left is an appeal to a sense of self. Then actually we're caught in giving that up and keeping it as a as a form of resistance, or actually embracing it as that which allows us to cope with the job in the first place. Mm. So we're caught. We're caught in that. And um, I'm not sure where we, where we go with that, particularly at a moment where, I mean, and this is what the, fa- the, the feminist tradition of, of, of Marxist feminism um, really showed us, is that there isn't, it isn't that suddenly the boundary has become blurred, but that there has always been a relationship between the so-called inside and the so-called outside. It's precisely where, where that boundary is drawn is a matter of politics. So, 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 so capital drawing on its outside um, in order to, to, to um, produce value is, is something that, that you know, has, been, has been around for a long time. Mm. And, and, and so I, to my mind, it, it is always about negotiating both both those moments of when we, when we see ourselves as... as uh, Working and when we see ourselves as 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 not working, right? It, it cuts across. It cuts across that, and so I'm not. I'm not sure what. I'm not sure what it means to talk about uh, to talk about this in terms of a sort of real subsumption or a total subsumption of um, of everything. And more, I'm more interested in thinking about um, where are with within our sort of present conditions the possibilities for us to actually um, think about um, producing our lives in common in a way that we're not constantly having to subjugate ourselves to the discipline and the control uh, of, of capital mm-hmm. i wonder if um one of the ways to feel out this terrain would be and I, I like to try and think occasionally in strategic terms um this will come as news to some people but <laughs> but i do um and i was looking back over the kind of tradition that say someone like bifo comes out of partly anyway uh, and that is I assume an influence on you as much as it is on me, which is that the stuff that emerges in, in Italy in, in, in the autonomous period, uh, but in particular the notion of the workers' inquiry, and and this is a, I mean, it it goes back much further. It goes back to to Marx, who who sort of we have a record of Marx sending out a list of a hundred really really detailed questions, um, you know, from differences between what kind of machinery is there in your factory and is there a school near you? What are its dimensions? How large are its class size? So it's, it's 
everything in sort of in the social life of the worker. Now, the reason I think, of course, to be careful here is that there's actually no record of any responses, right? Um, which if you send out, um, you know, a, 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 a list of 100 questions to people working in sort of late 19th century conditions, probably not going to get back a, a huge range of responses. But the way that this was taken up um, in Italy in, in, in that period was to, to attempt to map a new social configuration, to say, okay, there's something strange and different happening here. There are these flows of migrant labour from the south to the north. There is this sort of resistance going on in, in, in factories that is, that is not being mediated through the traditional institutions and, and is, in fact, hostile to them. Um, there are all kinds of weird new uh, instantiations of social life going on in the universities, in the schools, and there's obviously some linkage and some difference here. Um, and so, so let's look at it and let's think about, um, about how it works. And, and it, it strikes me that it... it it bounces off in two directions. One is what might be called a kind of more formal sociological direction, right? Where, where it's you know I, we want the the data and the numbers so we can track these these trends in this way. And the other is a kind of uh, uh, move towards using this stuff as a, a, a means of militancy itself, right? So that it's a participative process in which like people become not only uh, aware of their conditions because people are generally aware of their conditions. Um, this is the, one of the great. <laughs> errors of of militancy um but but to 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 really think their limits and particularly share um the experience and break the taboo on talking about th this kind of stuff and so i wonder what that might look like today and what sort of sectors it would find itself working in mm. Um, the, the workers' inquiry and the notion of a workers' inquiry, I think, is a really important um, tool for, um, for for political action and and for organising. Particularly because it's also about, I mean, as you say, it's not only um, about gaining knowledge; it's also sharing that knowledge, and it's also about being a subject and a, and, and and an agent in that uh, in that process of of, uh, of transformation. Uh, but so, so to my mind, that that is that is really that is really very, very, very important, um, and it's also about ownership over that that knowledge. It's about reflecting on your own experience, starting from your own experience. Um, I mean, you can think about that in in uh, as ideology critique. I mean, you know, you, your experience doesn't match up to the story that's being told, but also to to gain a better understanding of yourself. I mean, we're, we're not far away from uh, psychoanalysis and mm -hmm. psychotherapy here. The, the sort of collective self-understanding, collective um, reflection on, on one's conditions of, of life uh, is also about being able then to, to own that knowledge and not be told what one's conditions are. Right? So it's... And, and also given it at a time where we have this information overload, perhaps actually gaining some kind of understanding and, uh, of our own lives and, and being able to, to think for ourselves in, uh, in those terms uh, is, is in itself a political act. But your question of, of where is that happening today or where is it relevant today, here I think we come back to this question of the, of the boundary and where is the boundary between work and life. Because I think right now what would be useful or what what we need to do is not simply a workers inquiry in the sense of um paid work 
you know, whether whatever sector. I mean, I don't think it's relevant to talk about a particular sector as the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't, I don't yeah, think you're so, implying yeah. that, but just to uh, emphasize that there, that to my mind, there isn't a sector to to focus on. But actually, uh, what about an inquiry about our conditions of life and our conditions of collective life mm. together? What would that look like? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's an interesting because uh, it, it struck me that the the because when I was trying to think through this stuff and you look back at this stuff and you, the 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 aggression that that the workers in this period had, in particular for their boss, who would arrive um, with uh, the police standing behind him, and probably the same police officer had just been, you know, beating people um, on picket lines. Um, so, so your boss would always would be surrounded by the so so the, the the that you know the sense that your boss is a class enemy, um, really really tangible throughout all of this stuff. These days, bosses are social democratic and very nice, and and you know and actually that that function of management is much more dispersed. So it's far harder, I think, to to have a, a sense or to to sort of. Um, Reinculcate the sense that there is a very sharp dividing line in that way. But where it does seem to happen to me is is with people's landlords. Um, I I I find it hard to find a, a good or sympathetic uh, uh, story from anyone who who rents um, in London, but not just in London, um, about their landlord. So it's, and but but this is somewhere that is outside. Right, it's outside of, of, of the traditional workplace relation. Um, so what attends that and, and the, the way in which it would be possible to do anything is, 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 is difficult to know. Um, but, but, it, but it does strike me that there, there must be these relations like these because, um, well, because of the way we, we live. Um, but I guess, I guess it's a, a way of feeding into a, a sort of larger question, a big question um, about what, what theory is for politically um what what it, what it can do and what its limits are um and and what kind of you know because i mean i, mean, I guess the, the the criticism that has attended this book from some quarters is to say well, well it's an act of despair and and political despair is 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 always illusory and always toxic um now i think perhaps not a subtle or, or, or attentive criticism, um, but I do think there is something to it, um, and and I think I guess you know, uh, you know as someone who 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 like many, um, like many generally, but not but in particular people who do sort of political work, organising work, um, you know, I, I I have occasionally suffered from depression myself. Um, now I don't think that's unrelated. I don't think it's a, a mere accident of brain chemistry, that it happens this way. But it happens after defeat, um, after loss, after, you know, having, having seen, you know, hopeful movements collapse in on themselves and, and, and sort of end in sort of vituperation and venom and, and all of these other things that are also symptoms of defeat. Um, so I wonder if there's a role that thought itself and theory and, 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 and the application of thought can play here. There are so many things there in what in in what you were just saying that uh, I, I I almost want to everything that you said I want to trace back and <laughs> and, and answer in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the role of the role of theory. What is the role of theory? I would I would say that the the role of theory is is maybe I could answer with with Bifo in the sense that. Uh, 
he he talks about in the book that what's at stake is sensibility right? and 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 sensibility as a being in relation and an, an empathic relation with others right that and and what that's about is not simply feeling together it's also about making sense of the life that we that we live together and that to me is what what theory is it's a collective sense making of of our conditions and then thinking about what we do what we do about it right? and you i mean you raised the point you raised the point about about housing now social reproduction as that terrain um, that is all of the things that we, you know, all of the work, all of the things that we need and we do in order to reproduce our livelihood, that's become a huge, huge discussion um, with, you know, on the left uh, recently in the last few years, uh, particularly to do with the crisis where the crisis has hit is in these areas of, um, of housing, uh, the, the rise in the cost of food, education, tuition fees, all these areas of social reproduction are where people are feeling the crisis, but it's also where capital is looking in terms of uh, I mean certainly uh, financial capital and housing we live in London you know we don't we don't have to go far to understand the link there um, and so it's I don't think it's an accident um, that that um, there are many movements now many parts of our movements that are interested in 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 the domain of social reproduction which obviously also comes out of a feminist history of understanding the necessity of um, sitting around the kitchen table and 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 plotting from the kitchen table so to speak uh, because this is the terrain that not only um, capital depends on in order to function. That it, it is absolutely central. The reproduction of labor power is absolutely central to the reproduction of, of value or to the production of value in, in capital. But it's also in excess of that because it's also about the reproduction of our lives in common beyond simply being labor power for, for capital. So it's, it's also the terrain in which we build our power. Because if we have no power to reproduce our livelihood without a dependency on the wage or um, without an income that we get through selling our labor power to capital, then that, that, that has an impact on, on the political power that we have. So actually, and the, the analysis that starts from our collective lives, how we live our lives together, but also how that is bound up with how we access the means of reproduction. Um, that's a politics that is trying to look to the future of an autonomy from mm -hmm. the, the, the capital relation, from those relations that impose work on us and give us a wage as a way of keeping us tied into that system of exploitation. It's, it's so refreshing, <laughs> I think, in, in one sense, and, and it, it gives me, you know, it, it makes me happy as a word that doesn't get mentioned often on this show um, it makes me happy to hear this kind of thing because I, I think there's a difficulty um, at the moment uh, and it's a difficulty I, I, I find most alleviated theoretically when I read sort of a lot a lot of work in that tradition so, so I was um, reading Federici's collection of essays Revolution at Point Zero recently and thinking and thinking you know that th this stuff it's never quite been integrated 
properly into in, into into a project, although many of its theoretical gestures get applied elsewhere um, without citation. Um, but you know, um, story as old as time, um, or at least as old as gender. Um, <laughs> but but it, it is it is it does seem to me a way out of um, a way out of that 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 sense of defeat, right? And and the ineluctability of defeat and, and the despair that comes comes with it, um, because it, it strikes me that 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 say one of the theoretical gestures at the end of Bifo's book is about, is about valorizing this sense of irony a sort of uh, you know political irony uh, which has always struck me as, as, as having as being a way to, to sort of um, remove the weight from a situation uh, and uh, you know a, an ability to see both the absurdity and the severity of a situation at once and the contradiction yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, so so this kind of thing I, I think is helpful as a basis but you know, there strikes strike me that there's a danger. There's a danger in not taking the step beyond that, which is to say, okay, we, this is this is our strategy that allows us to deal with a situation in which we are so 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 constrained, so constrained, so so you know, this, the the that that we we search desperately for an exit from it. So the way to deal with that is is to, is to have this ironic relation to 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 the horror of social life. Um, but then to move beyond it requires also to think not solely in, in those terms, right? Is, is, is the ability, I guess, you know, to have, uh, and these are dangerous terms, faith um, in a kind of political project that is larger simply than survival. Um, and, you know, I mean, the, the, it, it, a lot of the stuff that comes out uh, of people who, who, who survived the... the, the that Italian period has this this sense of of a defeat, a, a world lost, a, a, a world sort of gone in in the wrong direction. Um, but but I want to 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 start thinking about what it would look like to accept that and then step beyond it and say, okay, but but actually there has been so there are so many terrains, there are so many sudden advances in in in, in both in technology but in new forms of social life that actually. Our politics don't have to remain on the level of personal survival, but the collective, the question of collective survival, is at stake. Uh, and I, I wonder what, what what kind of work uh, uh, is needed to get to that that stage. Um, and so, so I wonder what kind of you know, if we if we go from the extra political, you know, that 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 kind of that realm in which, and, and that realm that is outside formal or traditional politics, and say, okay, this stuff matters and is really and is our social base. Then, what sort of political formations arise out of it? Um, you know, because uh, to go back to the question of the workers' inquiry, if you look at the way that it's taken up uh, in Europe. Uh, after the autonomous period, so I'm, I'm thinking now the stuff that was done 10 or, or 15 years ago in, in call centres or in, in sort of the, the light industry, um, you know, or emergent sort of communications industry, you, you had people with a suspicion of leadership. I, I think a, a really good uh, and healthy suspicion of, of, of sort of arriving in a workplace with with the solution, um, but you end up producing propaganda that says working conditions are terrible. And not what you do about it. So, what will those formations look like that that stay adequate to that, to to, to that I think good uh, 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 suspicion, um, but also allow us to step beyond that. 
Well, I guess one of the, the one of the questions that we have to start with, or one of the issues that we have to confront first, is our nostalgia, and our and our collective nostalgia. And I'll be the first to put my hand up, um, and and certainly not the last. But I, and so a sense of defeat. And I don't want to speak for people of those movements and of that time because I can't and it would be presumptuous of me to try and do so but just maybe shifting gear or maybe taking some of it slightly metaphorically as well in order for us to perhaps think, think through the situation now defeat can often and like failure is often again a moment of being trapped and stuck where you find yourself looking back uh, at what was Right. Um, because that's where you've come from, and so you're you're sort of, you know, it's almost like you're rooting around in it to figure out what went wrong, what could I have done differently, um, could it have gone another way? Actually, it felt better before. I'm not sure. I feel very good right now. Um, and 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 to a certain extent, you know, this is this is also the debate that we're having at the moment, not just here in the UK, but across Europe and and. Uh, Certainly in Europe, and 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 in other places too. About what what sort of politics do we need? What sort of political system? The debates about Keynesianism, neo-Keynesianism, the role of the state. I mean, we don't have to re re rehash them here, but there is a sense of of looking back to 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 what worked: regulation, state regulation, um, state intervention, forms. Of you know, political uh, organization that worked in the past. Um, but, but that's, and I guess that's what BFO, BFO's not, I don't think that BFO is trying to say to us, despair. <laughs> um, and anybody who, who, who's met BFO will know that to be true. Um, but I think what I take away from it is that stop, trying to beat your head against the wall <laughs> and, and, and shift mm. and think towards what could be, right? And, and to my mind, and that would be my contribution to the debate, I think the feminist movement has given us a lot to work with there, that we're not simply, it's not about simply refusing work and refusing the wage. And that, to my mind, is a perspective that is very narrowly construed around wage labor and has still the resonance of the male worker. And so if we actually broaden out our perspective to not just where capital directly commodifies, but also all of that stuff that it draws on in order to commodify, then we've got a terrain in which in which politics is happening and and takes place and that to my mind is is where we can we can start to organize i mean i i, I mentioned the 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 other night um there at the uh, book launch the um movements for uh, the platform for people affected by mortgages in spain i recently saw their film the sisa puede and i was really touched by the film where they incorporated into their organizing also precisely these emotional dimensions of, of fora where people can come and talk about how they feel. Right? So it's not just social reproduction in terms of housing, the materiality of, of uh, social reproduction. It's not just social reproduction in terms of work um, and the labor that goes into it, but it's also social reproduction in how we relate to one another and being able to talk about how this stuff makes us feel and how 
we can rely on one another instead of allowing capital to pit us against one another and 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 taking that on as uh, as the fight we redirect <laughs> and we understand that 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 actually being together but 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 that's complicated and i think that's where we also have to move beyond the feminist call for a politics of care to something more complex than care mm-hmm. Uh, this is, uh, uh, I guess, yes, the, the the critique that's often made against this position, right, which is that, you know, uh, it doesn't actually offer a political articulation, right? It doesn't, uh, it, there is not something that can... Um, that can have a universal sense that, that appeals. Uh, universal is the wrong word. It's tied up with all sorts of generalizable. Yeah, yeah, generalizable is a much better way to put it. Thank you. Um, but 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 that sense in which because you know I mean, of all things, I was thinking about the Green Party, which I try not to do. Um, but but th- the sense in which because you know I I you know I have in the past acceded to a rather too hasty way of saying look the party form is dead. And I think. You know, I think it is in the sense that uh, uh, you know the traditional political party is dying, and certainly the Leninist party um, shambles on in its zombie form, um, but uh, but is dead. Nonetheless, there is a, there is an affect at work when someone posts online, "I just joined this movement. Um, I undertook a symbolic act that has made me feel." Like there's something for me, like there's something that's hopeful, like there's something that allows me to do something. And, you know, obviously I think they're on a sort of hiding to nothing because, you know, you know eventually that's, that, that sense is going to be crushed. Um, you know, it, it may be crushed at an election, it may be crushed uh, when, when suddenly the, the mechanics of a political party operate in the way that they tend to. Um, but that sense... Um, is the thing I think that that has has felt missing for a while that sense that that there is a movement uh, of which I can be part, but also I don't have to be part all the time. Um, that I don't have to be at every meeting, uh, and this is of course uh, and you know a thing that is only thinkable. Um, for people who don't, for instance, have children to take care of, who don't, for instance, uh, you know, <laughs> have a meal to cook, or indeed uh, elderly parents to take care of, and, you know, there is a there is a you know, Federici again very good on this. Um, so, so that sense, that sense in which uh, there is a, there can be a movement to which people belong. I wonder in in, in what way that could be generalizable, um, whether it, it's something that could be in terms of sentiment, but then what kind of symbolic action. Uh, and I think symbolic action is not completely um, unimportant. There should be a way of saying, you know, uh, I am part of a movement. I mean, this is, you know, you, 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 you think of, you know, I think of, of relatives who are now dead who would wear sort of union pins or, or, or wouldn't, you know, have, have that sense of being part of, of a political community in that sense. Um, that, I think, is far harder uh, to find in operation now. I wonder where it would come from. Hmm. I guess... My my response to this issue of symbolism would be one to to sort of what is sim- what is the symbolic what does the symbolic I was going to say mean and then say it's about meaning and that would be rather tautological <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at is this and it's that to my mind the symbolic or the symbol of being part of a movement is about recognition it's about recognizing 
the other person as part of the same thing that I'm also part of. That's the badge. That's the T-shirt. That's, it's, it's less a, um, sure, it's a statement to the world of, of being part of something, but it is, it's the recognition of, of the other as being part of the, part of the same thing, right? And, and, and there we have, we have a task at hand, which is the following. It's how do we have on the one hand a sense of collectivity and community and commitment to one another, but how can we also be alone? And, and, and how, do we, how are we able to um, work through that in a way also that means that being involved in politics is not the hyper-activist, rather addiction-producing um, affect of intensity of I'm changing the world and I'm the one changing mm. the world um, and I have to be doing it all of the time which just mirrors a kind of neoliberal self-exploitation. Um, how, do we, how do we do that differently? And, and one of the answers is also that it's not that we focus on the politics that happens um, in the so-called political sphere, but we take into consideration that people have to cook meals and and um, also take care of children. Uh, but but that actually the whole that whole terrain belongs together. Right? So it's not simply organising childcare, even though that's really important and more political meetings should have childcare. <laughs> um, all political meetings should have childcare. Uh, but, but it's about recognising that, that these things are, 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 part of the, are part of the same thing, that, that life um, goes together in that, in that sense. So, so the symbolic is the, is the recognition of, um, of each other and how, do we, how are we together and, and alone uh, in, in these in these movements and in our communities. Yeah, excellent. Uh, that's all we have time for this week. Um, Emma, thank you very much. Um, it's been great to have you on. I look forward to having you on again to talk sort of social reproduction and demand and other such things. Uh, this has been Navarra FM. We, you will find us same time, same place next week. Thanks very much. Thank you.